I don't know about you, but the prospect of examining my health insurance, let alone for my patients, for a better deal and better coverage just seems too complex. But in this episode, my guest Anthony Huxley from Covered Australia discusses how this process can be simplified by pharmacists and also create a new revenue stream at the same time. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, and we're into episode 47 the third one of 2015. Well, we've got a massive show coming your way this way. I've got a confession and I've also got a favor. And also we're going to have our fifth and final installment of our summer series. And not to mention our feature guest, Anthony Huxley, the managing director of Covered Australia, who will simply blow your mind with the new opportunities that are coming your way in your pharmacy. This interview is just simply not to be missed if you're setting some great goals to play a bigger game in 2015. Well, firstly, my confession. Well, I'll get to that in a moment. But if you've signed up to my weekly email list at robertstar.com or you visited the link around my five prescriptions for a stress-free holiday in the last few episodes, you'll be getting some emails from me very shortly just to follow up on how you've gone with that, how your holidays progressed, and also how well the tools have worked for you. And that's where my confession comes in in that you might be all thinking that the transformation show has been kicking on throughout Christmas, New Year, we haven't taken a break, and you might be thinking, well, what good is this program that Rob's written if he hasn't done it himself? Well, my confession is I have been away. I've been away with my wife and my two young daughters and my in-laws for the last few weeks. I simply did have to have a break. I was burnt out well and truly by Christmas. And certainly I had to set myself the challenge of meeting the expectations of you as my loyal tribe and audience and also be present with my family to create magical moments, which we did which we did. So I had to set myself a goal of automating everything that I did and setting everything up before I went. So I'd love to I'd love you to know what you thought of the last 3 episodes whether it missed a beat or not. It was certainly an experiment from me, but certainly, as we can all appreciate with work-life balance, we just need to take a break. And it was a fantastic break. I learned a lot about implementing my own five prescriptions, what worked, what didn't work. I guess to start off, I did establish a daily routine and I cannot undersell this one prescription if you take nothing else out of those five prescriptions of setting that daily routine. It really was the trigger point for making it all happen for me on holidays and allowing me to stay present with my family as well, which included some exercise in the morning. I've set a massive goal for myself this year in 2015 to kick on from my 15K um, run for the kids, which I did last year in March to actually complete a half marathon this year. So I'm not sure which one I'll do at this stage. Um, maybe the Melbourne marathon in June, um, but I'll see how we go with that. But certainly my daily routine involved getting started and doing that. And really 
putting into practice what I preach for you guys in that I was combining a personal development or professional development activity with that exercise. And uh, certainly one thing that you'll take away from trying it, if you haven't already, is that you immediately think, well, I can't do two things at once. I can't learn, I can't run or walk at the same time. But you realize when you think about it, you're doing it yourself every time you drive a car. You're never just driving your car in one direction. You might be listening to the radio, you might be talking on the phone, you might be drinking a cup of coffee as you head into work. You can do it, it's just about getting your head around it and certainly it's one of the most valuable bits of time in terms of being able to combine two activities in one hit, which was fantastic. I managed to get through several audio books and podcasts. Yes, I do listen to podcasts other than my own and um, certainly I was listening to the dulcet tones of... Uh, Tim Reid from the Small Business Bid Marketing Show and also Chris Ducker from the New Business Podcast. And those were, those were links that I had in the five prescriptions for a stress-free holiday cheat sheet, which is still available. I'm going to take it down in a few weeks because it just really isn't relevant um, to getting set up for 2015. But what I will do is that as I've got some great feedback from a lot of you over the last few weeks via email and social media, that it's not actually just relevant for when we take a holiday. Um, it's actually relevant anytime we take a, even a small break from our pharmacies. So whether that be when we go away on the weekend and hopefully not have to come in on the weekend to pick up any of the shifts, or perhaps if we go away on a conference or attend a meeting away from the pharmacy each day, all of these things actually stay relevant. And whilst you may not have to go as comprehensive as you do for a longer holiday of establishing the daily routine and restricting your contact to half an hour a day, the non-urgent communication, the collaboration around meetings, and I've got a great story that I... Oh, geez, if I have some more time, I don't want to run late on this episode because I just simply don't want to keep Anthony away from you. I know you're going to get so much value out of it. But what I've done as so, I'm not going to leave it out. I'm not going to cut it short. But what I will do is I'll transfer it into something that I'm creating for all of you um, to follow up on this as well. So obviously, our summer break has to come to an end. And we need to get back into our businesses and create our best year ever in 2015. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to host a free webinar on Wednesday, the 4th of February at 12 o'clock to discuss the tools that you need to do just that. And also I'll share with you a few more learnings about how my stress-free holiday went. I've got some big announcements for 2015. You'll have an opportunity to ask any questions around the tools and the tactics that I've suggested with that as well. Um, and certainly a lot of great feedback about the how-to videos. If you haven't watched them, make sure you grab them. They are attached and embedded in the cheat sheet and you'll be able to watch those. And they only go for five or 10 minutes. So really, you're gonna have a new tool that you can use in your business in only five minutes, which are fantastic. And that's been the great feedback of getting. So I don't want you to miss out on those. But ultimately, the webinar will be about looking at playing a bigger game in 2015. And we can really look at our patient's value chain and finding more ways to become helpful. And certainly one of the examples that Anthony's going to talk to us about today in really understanding the patient journey in the primary healthcare ecosystem and playing a bigger role in that, you'll get a great idea from that as well. So enough on that, but uh, stay tuned for the webinar. Stay tuned for the emails. If you haven't joined the email list, head across to robertstar.com. Or if you just want to grab the five prescriptions and then get on that way, you can do that by visiting robertstar.com 
forward slash stress-free holiday. And I'll have all the links in the show notes for you today as well. So on to our last installment of the Pharmacy Freedom Index Summer Series. So this is really about some of the planning issues we've been through to create our best year ever. So we've met with our team, we've met with our patients, we've met with our partners, we've allowed them to collaborate, we've formulated our plan, we've got some KPIs in place. But now the fifth, the most important one, is we need to spread the word and start conversations in our communities. So after all, when you remember back to episode 34 with Timbo and all these links I'm going to put in the show notes so you don't need to go hunting for them or make it really easy for you. Marketing represents all the conversations that you have with your patients when they're not in front of you. So I'd advise you to go through this is start with an A1, A2 planner just from Officeworks or even just a big sheet of butcher's paper. I know I'm saying paper. Yes, I am suggesting paper as opposed to digital, but you will be able to transition this into your digital calendar later. But just to get your whole year on one piece of paper, unless you've got a 42 or a 50 inch plasma in your office, which I don't, some of you may do, you may be able to do that on there, but otherwise even a big whiteboard as well might help you. So what you can do with that is start by putting planning out the 12 months. So what you need to do is I'm going to go through seven strategies that you can look at planning your marketing. So these are things that you're going to do every single week or every single month, depending on the cycle or frequency of some of the some of the marketing materials that I go through. So there'll be seven of them. You may not want to do all seven. They just bring together some of the best resources and best opportunities we've discussed in the Transformation Show in 2014. So the first one is your existing pharmacy materials. So they're your prescription backings, your wallets, the receipt messages that you put on the bottom of your receipts, your internal, external signage, messages on hold, even digital media if you have it already in store as well. You may have one of those Torch Media Pharmacy Network screens. Or perhaps your banner group provides you with the opportunity of putting signage on the digital uh, screen network. I know the Terry White group do this very well. And also creating those magical moments in your pharmacy. We spoke about that with Timbo in episode 34. And also with Ivan Frangi in episode 42. So there's some great examples of things you can do there and things that you just help to position your team in terms of the messages that you're conveying to your patients when they're not physically in front of you. Or even with these, these ones, what you're actually saying to them in store. And they might be some campaigns that you'd like to run. And that might lead up to an event. So we spoke about health hub or destination events in episode 34 with Tim. So you might want to plan those and you might want to plan out how you're going to promote those throughout the year. You might have some local area marketing catalogs that you're already sending out and there might be some key messages from your business plan around some new services, products, things that you're going to put your entire strategy behind in 2015 that you need to communicate out to your patients when they're not in your pharmacy. There may also be segments in your loyalty database. There were some great data-driven insights that we spoke about with Adam Posner 
back in an earlier episode in 2014. I'll pop a link in the show notes as well. So you might want to get hold of your loyalty data. So it might be that you're beefing up your aged care services like we spoke about last week with John Tawadris around how you can automate a lot of those back-end systems and you might be forging ahead and really wanting to grow that aged care component. You might have some data in your loyalty system that you're just really untapping that you can actually grab or you might even dive into your guild care database as we've spoken about back in episode 33. So all of these things are going to help us start conversations with our patients when they're not in the pharmacy. And that's what marketing does. We've also got the ability to liaise with local community centers. So it might be the aged care facilities, groups, sporting clubs. Also, your website copy might need adjusting as well. You might want to change some banner ads. You might even want to, you might have set a goal for yourself this year to add a blog or add some video or even a podcast, which we spoke about in the team communication session I did at the Pharmacy Business Network last year as well. I'll pop the link in the show notes as well. And also in episode 23, when we spoke with Jason Berwick-Lewis about generating more helpful content and how we can do that with our teams every week so that it doesn't take a huge chunk of time out of it. And that might be including voice recording yourself, getting it transcribed, using a virtual assistant perhaps to help you do that as well. So a lot of those things are goals that you may want to set yourself. I don't ever suggest that you do all seven. If you're really keen, you might want to. Um, But certainly there are some great options here for you to be able to get this word out to your community and some really low cost ones as well. And probably the lowest cost one, but probably the most powerful is social media, which is our number seven. And that can include utilizing automation tools like Hootsuite, which I'll put a link in the show notes as well, which enables you to integrate all of your pharmacies social media accounts and you can literally set up messages that go out at different times throughout the week. You may have noticed and I think I may have overdone it with some of the Twitter messages I was putting out whilst I was away but you've got to play with these things and I'm going to come back with the frequency of how I've done them but what I was able to do is put these messages out through Twitter and actually schedule them to go out at a, at a reasonable rate as well. Probably too much. So I learn a little bit in terms of doing that. So that brings us to the end of our fifth and final segment. All the links will be in the show notes. But if you want to jump to the front of the class and you want to do a 360 degree opportunity analysis of your business before we head across to the webinar on February 4th, Um, is you can actually go across to pharmacyfreedomindex.com and you can do a full opportunity analysis. Take the test. You'll have a downloadable report highlighting your rating in nine critical areas in seven minutes. You'll get the transformation ebook and access to the workbook and community to kickstart your journey. And if you'd like to have an action-packed 90-minute session with me to map out how you want to do that one-on-one, you can tackle your biggest opportunities Just hit the book in for a consult button at the end of your Pharmacy Freedom Index journey. And I look forward to visiting you and helping you maximize your success this year. Our interview today is with Anthony Huxley. He's the founder and managing director of Covered Australia, and he believes that Covered will contribute to transforming the health and well-being of the community using technology to do it. Anthony Huxley, welcome to The Transformation Show. 
Hi, Robert. How are you? Oh, look, great to have you on, Anthony. And uh, look, I know we're going to have such a fascinating chat this morning around how we're going to look at health insurance and pretty much the wider picture around health journeys in pharmacy and uh, particularly how your company is making great ground in that area. So I look forward to our chat. And so, Anthony, I always like to get a story starting up and, you know, pharmacy is fairly new for you as well. Um, how did you get started with Covered? And I guess, how did Covered get started? Um, and I guess, what's the bigger problem that you're looking to solve? Okay, well, <clears throat> several questions in that one question, but uh, I'll, I'll knock them all off as we go. Yep. The, the actual genesis of Covered, frankly, came about because I discovered I was paying a bombshell of money for my health cover each and every month. And I, possessed by nothing more than, you know, rage, I guess, I decided that um, I needed to do something about it. And therein lies, I guess, the biggest issue, and that is that health cover is a health and well-being thing, and yet all of us, actually all of us truthfully, engage with people who have no knowledge of our health and well-being to make a decision about our health cover. So... Out of that rage about the fact that I was paying $485 to one of the major health funds in the country for myself, my wife, and my three kids, the more I looked at it, the more I discovered that so many consumers, I mean, millions of people each and every year are engaging with people who have no interest in their health and well-being, and I'm sure they're lovely people, don't get me wrong, but their objectives are materially different to what me as a consumer are, and it led me to, the, I guess, the opportunity that there was something really, really special that could be created that puts the single biggest expense for health and wellbeing, which is health cover, into the hands of people who are regarded by the community far and wide and for decades, if not centuries, as the centre point of the community for health and wellbeing, which is pharmacy. So realising that I was paying far, far too much money for my health cover, I set about doing um, a comparison. And I did what most people do. I made some phone calls. I jumped online. I did all the usual bits and pieces. And I came to the conclusion pretty quickly that I could save myself the chunky part of a couple of hundred dollars. And in, in that case, I think it was about two-fifths of what I was paying at the time, um, simply because I looked. And the more I looked, the more I discovered that there was this yawning chasm in the marketplace that could be responded to. So what started out as being me remedying or, or addressing my overpaying for health cover turned into being an understanding that there's a really powerful and profound opportunity that existed in the marketplace. Mm. So I can save myself a bombshell of money moving from one provider to another provider, both remain nameless at this point. Mm. Um, I bring a, a very, very dear friend of mine who happens to be a pharmacist of 42 years standing, a guy called Peter Krasenstein in WA, and I told Pete the story about my journey with health cover and having discovered that I was paying too much and having saved so much money, and I remember saying to Pete, told him the story, and I remember saying to him, now, I bet you and your wife are paying for things that you don't need. Now, Pete, I won't, I won't disclose Pete's age on air, but he's, he's not a youngster anymore, but he's, he's a very fit and healthy guy for his age, um, and he's got two grandkids. And I said to him, I bet you you're paying for pregnancy and IVF. 
and Pete being Pete told me that I was being a lunatic and that, of course, he wasn't, that he'd, be, he'd been with the His Health Fund for 35 years. And I said to him, mate, Pete, their job is to give you cover. Their, their job is not to save you money. That's your job. Anyway, long story short, he discovered that he was paying $125 a month <laughs> for obstetrics and IVF for a guy who's, you know, north of 50, let's say, um, and that's just wrong. It's stupid. And as I said to him, look, it's your fault. It's not their fault. So anyway, the two of us having discovered that we could save ourselves a significant amount of money, then started exploring the market for a whole range of different angles. And what we quickly came to the conclusion about was the fact that most people today are getting health cover from someone who knows nothing about health, might be lovely people, don't get me wrong, but knows nothing about health, knows nothing about, sorry, about their health, I mean. Might, they know plenty about health cover, but they have no vested interest in that person or that patient and their health and well-being and those outcomes. Yeah. So then looking at the marketplace with Pete and 42 years' worth of experience owning the Fitch's pharmacies that he used to own in Perth CBD... And realising that for decades and decades, pretty much every pharmacy in Australia used to have an agency for a health fund, we thought, well, hang on a second, something's wrong now. What used to be is no longer, and it used to be and is no longer. I went to one of the sources, I like to say, for a couple of fundamental reasons. One is that the health funds that used to have agencies everywhere, and, you know, you'd recall, I'm sure, Robert, when you were young, seeing the stickers on the window with HCF or the HBF or MBF or whoever the brand name was that had an agency in that particular pharmacy. Mm. And the health funds, very, very cleverly on their part, basically treated pharmacy like an ATM. Yeah, They, sold, they sold the health cover. The, the pharmacies were there to service it and support it for them and, process claims and receive premiums and these sort of things. But pharmacy materially really got nothing out of it other than foot traffic and, and the prospect of companion sales. Yeah, look, absolutely. And, you know, particularly being a second generation pharmacist myself and growing up in dad's pharmacies, um, you know, the, the, the presence was very minimal. Um, it was, you know, even Medicare had a presence in most pharmacies in the 80s and 90s of, you know, even a fax machine that sat in the corner where you'd send off forms or the same applied for the health insurance agencies. And it was really quite a passive involvement. There really wasn't uh, any great deal of impetus from uh, the health insurer to educate pharmacists and really vice versa. It was really just a form processing uh, plant, I think. Well, and, and true. But, but, but from a financial or a, a commercial perspective, the health funds were using pharmacy very, very cleverly as a service point and a communication point for them and their funds for their customers and leveraging the relationships that those pharmacies had with those customers of those funds um, for their benefit. So they did so. The customers were happy because they were able to go into the local pharmacy and engage about their health cover and process claims or pay premiums. Um, they could never go there and actually buy health cover, although I do know in some isolated cases they could, but, but they were in the minority. Um, but the pharmacy got... I won't say the raw end of the deal, but they got the thin end of the wedge for sure, which to me is just completely incongruous with everything that pharmacy is about. So Peter and I set about developing a model that responded not only to the fact that there isn't really truly transparent comparison taking place in and around health cover in Australia, 
there's plenty of comparison websites out there, but a lot of them, their search algorithms are influenced by you know, other considerations like commission rates and sales quotas and these sort of things. We wanted this to be all about duty of care. We wanted it to be, to be all about putting the patient before profits because in our estimation doing that, the profits will follow. So, so, so the comparison website that we created, its algorithms are entirely, specifically and exclusively about the customer's health needs. That's it, nothing else. So we created a model around that and, and um, as, as time goes past, the more learnings that we're getting from consumers, we're able to tweak and improve how that search works, but it is entirely needs-based. Well, it's so, it's so important because I, I just think that even even you know assessing health insurance myself, it's just such a confusing platform to utilise. Potentially, some of the other comparison sites that that I've seen, and 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 to be honest, I, I really don't know how they've come up with what it, what are the recommendations, and um, you know that could be very well based on you know who is who is giving them greater greater preference. But you know, going back to your earlier earlier point around understanding what you actually need. As a as a as a patient, um, but also w- what you don't need. Um, it's so hard when you're liaising with these health insurance agencies to determine, you know, what actually your policy includes because it's not very transparent. Well, we we search process through our website, which I might add, and I'm jumping ahead of myself here, but the comparison website that we've created. Um, it, it effectively reskins under each pharmacy's unique identity, under their brand, their name, their logo, their face, their picture, their address. So the, the customer journey with the pharmacy is with their pharmacy. It still says covered in the corner, but it's very much about that relationship. But the, the issue is that the, um, the website does all that heavy lifting in terms of what you're just talking about, the complexities of the space and how hard it is to understand the mix and what you can and can't pick and blah, blah, blah. So we let customers customise their choices to a fairly extensive degree um, for as much as we can. Obviously, um, any comparison website has a, a number of providers that they aggregate together. There is no comparison website in Australia that has anywhere near every health fund. So that they are offering choice from what they have available, but no differently, you know, to put it in context, I could walk into any pharmacy in Australia and no pharmacy in Australia has every headache product mm. available. They have a broad range and a really good cross-section, which means that they can make a genuine, legitimate um, needs-based recommendation to a customer about their, about their headache what, or what it might be. Um, but, they, you know, no one's got everything. So, um, so those comparison websites, they, they're not influenced by uh, what they have available. That's just what they're choosing from. Um, I, I, I take issue with where, you know, structural things like commission rates are allowed to influence those outcomes. And I think that that should never be the case. And we're committed to the fact that it will never be the case. Every single provider that we have on board today and all the ones that we're bringing on board this month and in February, um, all pay the same fee so that no consumer can ever come back one of our pharmacies and say, you tipped me into that because you made more money. And for me, that's a really, really important thing because that's fundamental to duty of care. And, and you know, Lord knows people will absolutely have a dump it over a dollar on a box of Nurofen, let alone hundreds of dollars on health cover. So 
So the integrity of the model from that perspective, uh, perspective is really, really crucially important to us. Um, but to get back to the what you were saying before about the complexities of the space, health cover is, I guess, by by its very nature, a dark and mysterious area, and it's a place that most of us, even people that have some significant knowledge of it, um, get confused about because there's so many different variables that come into it. And frankly, that's something that works in the favour of the health funds. And what I mean by that, and I'm not maligning anybody here, I'm just discussing mm. it, but, but when you think about it, and I've had this discussion with some of the funds about naming names, who have you know boasted to me proudly about their loyalty, customer loyalty, and 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 their retention rates, and how you know their their, their customers stay with them for so long, and and those sort of wonderful things, which I find interesting, but without being facetious, in some respects amusing, because as I say to them all, it's not loyalty; it's that they're too scared to change. Mm. That's that's not loyalty. That's that you know, like you're keeping people attached to you because they're too scared to move elsewhere. What I want to do, what we are doing through our pharmacy partners nationally, agents nationally, is is allowing consumers to actually get a transparent, informed perspective of what the choices are that exist out there, so that they can compare them apples with apples. Mm. And and, then- and that that might undermine the loyalty, as I say, or as the health funds call it. But, I mean, we're not looking to undermine anything. We just want to make sure that people are getting the right deal and we want to do it in the best possible context, which for me, for us, is pharmacy. Because, I mean, where else would you want to go? The, a really interesting thing, um, last year we did a bunch of focus groups. I'm sure you understand that consumer research mm. term. So we, we did these in a uh, capital city in every state and a regional centre in every state um, where we... You know, as focus groups work, you bring people together in a room. They have no idea why they're coming along. We buy them sandwiches and drinks, soft drinks, and and the researcher asks them lots of questions. And and the really powerful thing with doing that is that you get a, a really broad cross section of socioeconomic background, a really broad cross section of demographics, um, so that you're getting these really really rich insights into consumer thinking and perspective needs etc 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 and one of the things that we put to them and this gets back to the heart of the issue for me which is family one of the questions we put to all these people was if you had the choice to get your health cover through a health fund a website a call center or your local pharmacy which would you prefer and to me this is just echoed in the Roy Morgan research from earlier this year where they said that Pharmacy is the second most trusted healthcare profession after nurses. And it, it certainly echoed here. 93% of people in those focus groups said pharmacy. Yeah, and it's and it's not and it's not surprising because you know a lot a lot of our a lot of our customers will see us as their first point of call for almost any health related issue, and you know they see our role as the ability to, you know, help them shortcut their way through some of the complex health journey choices that they may need to make, whether it be making an appointment with a doctor in an area they're unfamiliar, or you know understanding where the best allied health people they need to see for you know it might be a physio or and so 
so forth. So it's unsurprising to think that, but you know, it's it's still such a complex area. And I know that a lot of our owner listeners are going to be sitting there thinking, you know, for me to help a help a patient find their way through the health space, I I struggle myself, and uh, and and how and particularly around issues, and that might be why the why most health insurance customers are too scared to change is that the the claiming process they might be quite comfortable with the claims process with one insurer and then there's a bit of doubt as to whether the next insurer will pay their claim and how quickly they'll pay the claim or you know how what the even process of making that claim is whether they have to go to a physical outlet whether they offer online claiming and there's just so many so many things so have you managed to well, you, well you, you jump you're jumping about three Oh no! Six months ahead of me here, but one of the th- one of the th- but I appreciate the fact you've touched on it because one of the things that we have in the pipeline that we're turning on um, time, um, or certainly before the end of the financial year, is the, the ability whereby with the kiosks that we create in our participating pharmacy agent outlets, is that there'll actually be an in-store claims capability, so that customers can literally go into the the pharmacy go to the covered kiosk and process their claim then and there on the spot, and it's completely automated. Oh, look, that, that that's absolutely sensational because I, I can't tell you that you look at your different claims, particularly for mine. I don't mind saying that I'm, I'm, I'm with Booper at the moment, and you know there are some simple claims you can lodge with them online, but there are some more complex ones, um, and it might be around travel vaccines and things like that that just simply. You know, you get a you get a, a standard response back to say that you need this, this, and this, and you need to go into an agency. Which, quite frankly, I don't have the time to do, and I know a lot of our patients probably would be in a similar boat. But see, the, uh, there's a bunch of different competing priorities that you've t- just touched on. But the 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 when you say go into an agency, it it it, it was only. Look, I don't know the exact date, but 15 or so years ago that most health funds, not even that probably actually, um, 10 to 15 years ago when most health funds had an agency and a pharmacy. In the period around then and more so since then, despite the rate of take-up of technology uh, and the, the way the health funds are leveraging the internet, the health funds have actually opened more and more increasingly retail outlets. So, so not only have they taken away that opportunity that used to exist in pharmacy for customers to engage with their pharmacist about their health funds and the health cover and process claims and pay premiums and blah, 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 but now they've actually gone out and done the opposite and they're increasingly populating shopping centres and, um, uh, and, and the high street, as they say, with either retail outlets or kiosks so the consumers can come and engage with the health funds. So... They're going against the flow of the marketplace because the flow of the market is for everything to be done online, and yet the health funds are increasingly populating these locations with more and more outlets. So I'm making a case to all the health funds that not only should they all be covered because the more that are on board, the more this is compelling for consumers and the more pharmacies that will want to be participating. But then as an extension of that, within a very short order of time, by default, we're actually saying to the health funds, close all your retail outlets. You don't need them. Hmm. We, we've got them. It's called retail pharmacy or community pharmacy. So, and I, I mean, I say, truthfully, I say this every day to, want to some health funds somewhere. Yeah? 
and I'm sure they think I'm delusional, but I'm saying to them, look, within two to three years, I mean, you won't need to have retail outlets. Yeah, and I mean, consumers can come in store and do everything that they're doing with you through our platform in participating pharmacies. And and presumably, there's a lot of marketing that they're trying to get across in in populating high traffic shopping centres and high streets with their adverts and so forth, and you know putting through their latest promotion in front of them and trying to upscale people's policies. But ultimately, I still think that you know that that you know there's still even further back uh, such efficiency that can be gained through leveraging the technology. I, I still struggle to understand why at 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 the um, Allied Health or even at the GPs where you do have to make health insurance claims, we're able to do Medicare auto-claiming at the reception desk. Why can't health insurance claims be sent the same way? It just doesn't make sense that that you have to take a piece of paper somewhere or even send it off. Um, it should be all well, connected. Well, we're, we're progressing well down the track with, with that platform. Um, and, and frankly, it's... it's um, if I go to the heart of the of the technology, it's scan app based. So it's you know uh, you've got a QR code or a barcode, a document. You scan it at the covered kiosk in your pharmacy. It it goes beep or bing or whatever the noise is. Hmm. You walk away. It's been paid system to system. There's no reason why it can't be done. So I mean, because for for, for us, health cover is what is is. Um, what's bringing this to life, but it's more than just health cover. It's about contributing, um, from our perspective, contributing to pharmacy being a truly holistic solution for health and well-being. And health cover, and in all its forms, claims, premiums, um, purchase, et cetera, et cetera, it's all, that is health and well-being. That's, it's the heart. It's the single biggest expense for health and well-being. The fact that it doesn't exist in the place that everyone on the planet regards as being the centre point of the community for health and wellbeing, to me, is just crazy. Yeah, uh, look, it, it is. And, and we just know that, you know, health insurance is just such a big part of every patient's journey and it's a burden on them, you know, for, from a financial cash flow point of view, as well as also that, you know, the logistical time that it needs to take uh, to get from, a you know, their home to an agency and go through the claims and the waiting process around it. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're doing that. But for, for our listeners, and a lot, it's still a relatively new um, opportunity for pharmacy to, 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 be, to be looking at this. Um, and for some may be thinking, well, look, in, you know, older pharmacists may, have, may, may still have some um, burnt memories in their mind of how health insurance worked in their pharmacies previously. But how, how are you different and, and how do pharmacists typically interact with their patients around health insurance by using your platform? Okay. The um, every question you ask, Robert, is about eleven questions. <laughs> I've a bad habit of digging very deep, so apologies for that. No, 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 no. You need to, but um, anyway, the um, um, it's picking which ones the best to respond on. <laughs> the, the 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 way that that health cover or health funds used to participate in pharmacy was flawed. And, and, I mean, the evidence that it was flawed was that it went the way of the dinosaurs. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Or, although in some very isolated remote cases there are some, some capabilities, but, I mean, percentage terms, it's, it's, um, I can count that on one hand. Um, 
so the vast, vast majority of pharmacy has no footprint, no exposure, no involvement with health cover uh, on any level. Um, so what we're doing is that we, um, we're enabling pharmacists to engage with their customers about their health cover. And in principle, how we're doing that um, is, is no differently to 20 years ago when pharmacists across the country started saying something roughly like, would you like the generic product instead with that? It's basically the same thing. It'll save you a lot of money. Um, we're now saying to them, well, we want you to tack on a little another rider to the end of that sentence so that when you've, you've gone through that and you've said, okay, look, it's going to take 10 minutes to fill out the script because there's a dozen baskets ahead of you on, on the counter here. While you're waiting, let's sit down and just take a second here use the covered kiosk that we've got here in store and let's make sure that you've got the best health cover possible and that you're not paying things that you shouldn't. So there's there's this opportunity in pharmacy that's never exploited, It's never, and I mean that in a positive sense, it's never mm. leveraged, where consumers sit there and wait or, God forbid, they leave the pharmacy to go do something else. But, you know, I, I couldn't count. Every, every, day, every day I go into pharmacy, I see people sitting there just doing nothing, basically looking at the wall, scratching themselves. And I'm saying, look, let's use that dead air. Let's use that time to communicate with people by simply saying to them, look, here's the tablet, the covered PC tablet. Let's just have a look and do, 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 do a quick journey. It only takes a couple of minutes to do the diagnostic. And let's just evaluate your circumstances and make sure that you've got the best cover possible or that you're not paying for things you don't need. So the pharmacists, I won't say they don't need to be involved because that would, that would be misleading, but they don't need to be involved because the website through via the tablet pretty much does that for them. Now, any consumer, you know, I mean, I've seen pharmacists drop 20 minutes talking about cough medicine. So, mm. you know, you, depending on the customer and, you know, how, how you interact with them and how you engage with them, you can drop time um sitting with them or talking to them, but it's entirely intuitive or actually intuitive is probably misleading. It's responsibly, our website's responsibly designed. In other words, it's connect the dots. It's sort of step A, step B, step yep. C. So, you know, most consumers can easily go through the journey, the diagnostic journey within literally a couple of minutes and get a response. So the pharmacist for me is the context rather than they are necessarily needing to have this hands-on obligation Obviously, consumers, because of the relationship, the nature of that relationship, they, they want something more. They want to know, look, you know, what do you think about this? Mm. But the search engine that we've created does that search for them. Um, and that, that takes place in store. With every farm that we're activating across the country, we physically go into store and we train the pharmacy, the pharmacist, the pharmacy owner, the staff, the floor staff about how to use the website and how to engage with customers. But as I say to them, and I say to all our health fund providers on board and the ones that we're bringing on board in the first half of this year, um, we can't pretend that we can be experts of pharmacy floor staff and pharmacists about health cover. It will never happen. There's so many competing priorities and competing things that, that, that fill their minds and, and their, their bandwidth every second of the day for them to suddenly sort of get this encyclopedic knowledge about health cover is going to be problematic. So mm. I don't want to pretend that that's ever going to be the case. And that's why the website is so equipped to respond to consumer needs so that 
the pharmacy or the pharmacist or the pharmacy staff can say, well, look, you know, just click on that button there or, or if, if you roadblock, let's just pick up the phone and talk to the covered team at the call centre. Mm. So we, we've got call centre support, you know, every day that's there to support customers or pharmacy, pharmacy staff. And plenty of times, every day, we've got people on the phone saying, look, you know, um, this isn't happening, what have I done wrong? And, and, you know, one of the team walks them through it and they go, oh, okay, Lou, I hit the wrong button, fine, thanks for that. Um, and, and, you know, that could be one of the pharmacy staff, or it could be a customer. Um, but the thing that you've got to remember here is that, um, don't hold me to the figure, I think it's 72 or 73% of people that buy health cover today are doing so through a website or a call centre. So the pharmacy or the pharmacist or the pharmacy staff, they're not there to help those people at home when they're doing these transactions otherwise. For me, it's about putting that transaction in the best possible context. Yeah. And, that work for them. and there's certainly lots of opportunity for that. Um, you know, in store, we're ever growing our level of professional services and the number that keep rolling out, particularly in line with a lot of the Guild government agreements that we're putting through. And one of the oldest professional services that we have is ideally suited to this in our home medication reviews, where we do review our patients' full medical history and level of conditions. And uh, look, it, it, it just just thinking thinking ahead to that. It would be fantastic if the information that we're actually uh, capturing with those patients and assessing their medication regimens for the optimal number of medicines and also making sure that there's no, there's no blocks or any conflicts with any of the drug interactions or adverse reactions and um, to see whether or not their policy, um, perhaps health, health insurance policy, actually marries up to that profile at the same time because otherwise I see that there'd probably be a, re- a, really, a really high number of duplication where a patient quite often through their health journey has to keep repeating their health story to a number of different healthcare providers. Um, but if we could integrate that type of uh, workflow into our you know, medication management reviews that we're already doing, I think there's a great opportunity there to you know, leverage obviously that your platform, but also make sure that the customer's journey you know, becomes simplified with their medication and also their healthcare. Well, you're not the only person that thinks that. And in, in the, the the final quarter of, of just last year, we've begun having a number of uh, fairly serious discussions with people in the HMR space about that exact um, um, process and the possibilities around that, um, because it it you know it brings to the table a whole lot of powerful data and the ability to respond to a customer's needs in a more holistic sense. Hmm. Um, and um, it's something that, you know, literally in that last quarter, we've just started really, really engaging with people on a number of different levels, uh, in a number of different locations, rather, uh, around the country about the fact that that could be a powerful new initiative that we can bring to life um, uh, with what we're doing as well. So there's a, there's an extraordinary number of synergies in pharmacy um, that, we see our model facilitating um, uh, and HMR is an important one. 
Yeah, and as we talk about a lot on this show, you know, our futures in patient-centric healthcare, and the sooner we recognise that our roles are not just a chain, a part of the chain that um, you know gets handed on to someone else, and that we're actually coordinators or advisors of our of our healthcare for our patients, um, and actually playing that bigger role in looking outside of just simply the reason why a patient walked into our pharmacies that day, but actually looking at their healthcare comprehensively. Um, it makes sense. It absolutely does. Look, I, I, I've sat in pharmacies or stood in pharmacies and, and watched a pharmacist engage with customers about the, the covered journey, let's call it, in store, um, about comparing their health cover and making sure that they've got the right cover and that they're not paying too much and all the things that you'd expect of a pharmacist given those resources. And I've watched, and like really, it's really, 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 really um, exciting um, to see that, you know, the customer goes through with with the, the, the PC tablet and, you know, connects the dot and ticks the boxes. And, and then the pharmacist, I've seen the pharmacist jump in and say, well, hang on a second, don't forget you had that last year. So you really need to make sure you've got this covered. And it's simply the power of that relationship that's it's extraordinary. Mm. So the, and and you know more often than not the consumer just doesn't think about this. But you know, well, if you had an episode with this, well, you've got to make sure that you're covered for non-PBS pharmaceuticals because you're going to need these things and whatever it might be, you know. Um, but the when it when when you get the opportunity to see it face to face and and that quality of engagement that the pharmacist pharmacy has with customers, I know that the power of this opportunity, I know the power of this channel, um, and you know, I'd much, I'd much, you know, needless to say, I'm biased here, but I'd much rather it be wrapped around something as integral and powerful and profound as health cover than necessarily about things like discounted detergent and toilet paper. Yeah. Um, and I'm not being facetious in saying that. I'm just being honest. But um, it's, it is absolutely fundamental to the health journey. It's fundamental to he- health and well-being for just about everybody. Um, so it's... I keep thinking about the word context, but it is. It's it is pharmacy is the health and wellbeing context, the perfect context. Yeah. Um, so leveraging all those different uh, professional services, as you put it, um, or integrating our product with those things, is just another way to help pharmacy, you know, jump to the next level and sort of really to meet consumer needs in the twenty first century. Because it's not it's not just about discounting blah and whatever, yeah. you know that that might get the attention of the of the consumer for a nanosecond, but at the end of the day, when it comes to health and well-being, trust exceeds everything, and it certainly exceeds, um, you know, an implied saving on a you know box of whatever. Yeah. Um, but it does, you know, it's a really really powerful thing, and it guides people um, far far more more. Um, uh, resolutely than a discount might. Oh, look, absolutely. And, and look, the, all the discounting and the toilet paper and detergent, it's just uh, inefficient and confused levels of retail. And, you know, pharmacists, we aren't we aren't trained retailers. We're not p- people who really understand it and quite often, you know, end up just copying what seems to be working, um, you know, that perhaps may live within a yellow box and uh, other discount chains. And pharmacists struggling in their retail space just seem, seem to feel that that's the best way forward. But, you know, 
know, look, as we spoke about earlier about the professional services, you know, we got a great kick in, in our ability to take up patients into professional services because we started to have platforms in the pharmacy that would alert pharmacists to um, qualification for particular professional services. And ultimately, you know, if health insurance is to be integrated into pharmacy, it just needs to be able to flag with pharmacists where those opportunities are. And it could very well be, um, you know, the holy grail of integrating our clinical systems together with, with your platform to be able to, you know, capture the opportunities for our patients. Yeah, well, I, I often say to people that I'm not so delusional as to think that we can be a panacea for all things pharmacy but i certainly think we're going to contribute to it yeah and and, and, and look it's all about making it making it simple for the customer at the end of the day and particularly because our pharmacists have got have got less and less time at the moment um you know being making that a lot easier well when you, when you think i mean time is such a, a well, apart from the fact that it's a four-letter word it's such a big issue for pharmacy and I'm overstating the bleeding obvious, I know, by even making that statement. But, but getting back to the issue of engaging with customers about health cover, there is this time that consumers every second of the day spend in pharmacy waiting. Why? Why, in God's name, don't we take advantage of that to explore further with customers how the pharma respond to their needs? So for, for us, for me... That's where our model is so responsive because it's taking advantage of that time that people are dropping, hmm. sitting there waiting for a script to get filled. And, you know, that, that's, there's nothing deficient in that. It's we're busy. We're got, there's, there's a queue ahead of you. We're going to get to it the second we can. But let's use that time. Customer sitting there, tablet in hand, do the customer journey, finds out in seconds. I mean, okay, I'm exaggerating. Finds out in a couple of minutes. The, the 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 breadth of the cross section of, of alternatives that they could explore um, that appear to be similar to what they've currently got, they can then drill into it further to make sure it is consistent and comparable to what they've currently got. They can see in those minutes how much they can save. Whether they transact then and there in store is not the issue. The fact is that the genesis of the inquiry and the transactions taken place in store and, you know, the consumer can email it to themselves at home to explore further. They could print it out in store if they're, you know, one of those minority that, that don't have email at home. Mm. Um, they can even SMS the inquiry to them, for God's sake. So um, uh, so that the, it, does, it doesn't just start and stop there in those few minutes when they're waiting for the script to get filled, but that's, that's the genesis of the opportunity. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and is there opportunity, um, particularly one of the bugbears of some of our customers, particularly when they're getting private prescriptions and a lot of the health insurance um, agencies do offer subsidies for private prescriptions, is there possibilities with this type of setup to be able to do direct claims for private prescriptions there and then in the pharmacy that's, as well? That's, that's absolutely part of the platform that I mentioned before when I said to you that we're well advanced hmm. in developing uh, an extension of this that we'll be activating um, in the first, um, well, in, in the this financial year in pharmacy where um, around the claims side of things um, will include exactly that so that people can process that in store. So instead of, you know, the customer paying the pharmacist and then mailing it or going to the, the health fund agency to process the claim, mm. 
the pharmacy can or the pharmacy floor staff assistant can say, okay, well, you know, that's $53 of that you've got to pay blah. And that capability should exist in pharmacy. Yeah. So with, with, with covered, they'll be able to do that. Yeah, look, it's, 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 it sounds so powerful in that, you know, quite often we get caught up with our customers saying, well, we'd want to save money by, you know, discounting medicines and prescriptions, but, you know, actually being able to save them time um, in that logistical journey that I don't think anyone ever enjoys. And certainly you never would have started covered if you enjoyed it, um, you know, to be able to, you know, make that a lot simpler. So, no, that, that, that's brilliant. And Anthony, just for, for our listeners, what, and I would say it's still only early days, but it, have there been any pharmacies that have really, you know, fundamentally changed the way they interact with their customers as a result of becoming a, one of your agents or partners? It, it is only early days, so I don't want to misrepresent things, but the there, there are pharmacies all over the country where they've really grasped the, um, the communication imperative and it, it is transforming them. And when I say it is transforming them, I mean, like, they're, they're actually doing, you know, um, uh, a couple of health cover transactions each and every week now simply because, and the transformative part is where they're saying to them, in addition to, you know, okay, well, thanks for the script and great, and okay, tick that box, tick this box, and they've got a card, et cetera, et cetera, and that's going to take five minutes. But now, listen, while you're waiting, let's make sure that you've got your, the best health cover. Where they're actually doing that, it's materially impacting. It's absolutely transforming the the um, the number of inquiries that they get from customers. It's transforming them in terms of the revenue that they're generating. Um, because each, I mean, each of these, um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a sale. But each of these sales, depending on the you know the nature or the, um, the customer themselves, whether it's a family or a single, let's say. The, the pharmacy itself can make, you know, up north of sort of five or $600 per transaction. So it's real money. And where they're doing and this is a, and I'm about pharmacies that are only, you know, new to the fall, where they're doing that a couple of times a week, it's, um, it's going straight to the bottom line. Mm. And, and is it once-off income or is it like, obviously, with phone plans and the agents of the uh, providers that they get recurring uh, commissions every year? Yeah, the, the uh, we, I was going to say we struggled with that. We didn't struggle with it. We, we had some interesting discussion with the funds around that. Um, a, a, a lot of the... Uh, let's say other comparison websites out there have a different financial model to ours and I'm not truthfully really interested in theirs. Our model has to be about the consumer first and foremost. It has to be about duty of care. It has to be about patient before profits. And I don't say that to suggest foregoing profits. But what what that does mean is that the... Um, as As we're new and as we're growing... Until we can demonstrate the volumes that I know we are beginning to demonstrate and and grow those throughout you know 2015, it's challenging for me to have a discussion yet with the health funds about trailing entitlements. Hmm. Um, 
we charge the health fund a fixed percentage of the first year's premium. Um, in in time, in in and when I, I don't want to say in years to come, but because I, I think it could be sooner than that, but let's not put a time uh, factor on it just yet. But in the near future, I know that model will migrate to a lump sum upfront plus a trail. Um, how that eventually fleshes out, that that remains to be seen. Um, but for the time being, the model is uh, a once-off. And frankly, it's up to me, it's up to us and our pharmacy agents to to demonstrate to the, the health funds that there's merit in that entitlement um, in the future. And when I say there's merit in that entitlement, um, I know without any equivocation, without any hesitation, that customers would rather go back to their pharmacy to talk about their health cover than to go to a health fund. Hmm. So the point I'm making to the health funds, and again, I don't have the voice yet to make it loudly with them, because they need to see the traction that we're getting, and I mean sustainable traction, not just over this past you know quarter or so. They need to see that that the loyalty that we're exploiting, and please, obviously, I mean exploiting in a positive sense, the the loyalty that we're exploiting with the pharmacy and their customer translates into stickier business for the health funds. In other words, most comparison websites. Actually, that's I don't want to. I don't mean to disparage anyone <laughs> here, but but a lot of comparison websites, their their profitability almost sort of comes from the fact that they churn customers, and we can't play in that space. That's not pharmacy for me. That would be absolutely anathema to what pharmacy is about on every level. Well, so ab- what- absolutely. You know, our patients don't don't respect us if we were to change generic brands every couple of months or even well, every year. And, and with health insurance, I think you know you, you hit the nail on the head there. The the movement does seem to be now that you aren't being fair income with your health insurance or any insurance if you're not switching every year, and that seems to be the culture that gets promoted to us. Well, I think it's it's almost become a sport in Australia, but the. But, but what we can't do, because our, our model is about pharmacy. You know, it's like you won't find this in doctors. You won't find this in dentists, chiropractors, physios, blah, 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 blah. It only exists in pharmacy and it will only ever exist in pharmacy. Um, so everything that we do has to be consistent with all the tenets of what pharmacy is. And for us to to create a model whereby we or our participating pharmacy agents um, I don't know um, market to customers who, who we have facilitated health cover with to switch their cover I think that would just that, that would destroy the model before it got going so we're not doing it and it won't happen so what we are demonstrating as a consequence of that to the health funds is as I put it before and as, as is their their word stickier business and the, the stickier the business for them, the more valuable the business is. So it's a fun for me, for us, for our brand, to demonstrate that to the health funds. And then, and then, you know, not suddenly, but over time, they then say, well, there's a quality here, there's a value here that this bloke Huxley raves on about, but now we've seen it come to life in the fact that a customer from them 
has longevity to it. It's not a churn motivated customer. Yeah. No, look, absolutely. And that's and that know, then uh, has a financial value to it. And and that's well in line with, with what we what we value most in our pharmacies. You know, we want to have long standing relationships with our customers and their families and continue to service our communities well into the future, knowing that our customers are ultimately the ones in charge and they're the reason why we, while we're in a job and uh, while we turn up to work every day. And you know, it's 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 really allowing I think pharmacists to step up and play a, a bigger role in our patients' healthcare journeys. But Anthony, before before we finish up, I always like asking our guests, you know, where, where do you think it's going? Because look, healthcare is one thing and and particularly health insurance. But, you know, what would you see as, I guess, the, the biggest game-changing, you know, and it could be an extension of, of where you guys are going or perhaps even technology that, you know, you'd love to see implemented in pharmacies today if time and resources were just simply thrown away as barriers? Where we are going, and not where where we'd like to see it, but, but a fundamental part of what we're doing is that we we are <clears throat> um, during during this year um, we are turning on a platform called Hail by Covered, H A L E, as in Hail and Hearty, um, which essentially leverages the community that we're building of customers across the country through pharmacy through all our participating pharmacies whereby and this happened during this year during 2015 where consumers or customers of of our participating pharmacies will actually be able to walk into their pharmacy and get measured for their health now this is something the government's been talking about for decades and it's never happened so we have the technology that we're now bringing into life here and it's been trialed in the northern hemisphere in europe the UK and North America for a large part of a decade. And those that technology and the tools that we'll be putting into our participating pharmacies will literally allow them to measure the health of customers. And they'll get paid to do it. And then from that point forward, all that data we capture about that customer's health then generates a health score for that customer. And from that point forward, we then communicate with the customer through our pharmacy. Everything's through the pharmacy. We then communicate with that customer about the fact that as you get you're going to get rewarded for doing so. So it's the carrot and stick. Mm. And it's, you know, think Qantas frequent flyers, but it's about health and well-being. And that's essentially the platform we've created. So in all our participating pharmacies, we're going to be turning this on during 15 so that you know, if, if Bob gets measured for his health and his wife gets measured and then over the months they, they start to do things to, to improve their health and, you know, whether that means they join a gym and they get points for that or they buy a dog because you get points for that or you start walking, you get points for that or you cut back on the fags, you get points for that or you cut back on the, 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 the alcohol, you get points for that, blah, 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 blah. And, that's, and it's all because they're a customer of the pharmacy. That's the, the centrepiece to this. Yeah. So th- over time, they're accumulating points for having transformed and improved their health and well-being, and then no different to any other or two. But this doesn't exist anywhere else in the world because it's never been done before. But loyalty programs like Qantas Frequent Flyers, as is my reference point before, you can then go to that platform, to the covered platform in your participating pharmacy, online at home or in the store, and you could redeem your points 
in exchange for value goods and services, health-only products, and our participating pharmacies are clipping the coupon on those transactions. Mm. So along the way, apart from the fact that we're, for the first time ever, we are really leveraging community pharmacy relationships to materially contribute to a change in people's conduct and behaviour about their health and well-being, apart from the fact that we're, we're adding a, an entirely incremental suite of revenue streams to pharmacy, longer term, I believe, and I don't want to sound delusional again, but <laughs> I believe and we're committed to it, we can help contribute to improving the health and well-being of the community because we're rewarding them for getting healthier. Yeah, look, absolutely. And, you know, in terms of, you know, how we've approached customer loyalty in the past, it really does turn it on its head, but not so much turn it on its head, but really point us back to our origins and to, you know, why well, we, why we became pharmacists. And ultimately that was to, you know, allow our patients to stay in good health for as long as possible and to have that freedom um, that really only good health can do. And, to be in, to have their motivations um, centered towards you know getting getting better healthcare rather than getting a cheaper brand or getting you know a, a cheaper deal somewhere that uh, you know may in fact not ultimately benefit them. So Look, don't, don't get me wrong, we still want to save people money because far far too many people in Australia are paying in excess of what they need to for health cover. So don't get me wrong on that count. We are yeah. really committed to that, but it's not necessarily cheap. It's about best. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's the eye and the beholder of what value means to them. And, you know, value, if it means that their healthcare becomes significantly better um, and that they are able to save money in the process, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a win for everyone, in certain, including the pharmacist, in being able to carry out their career ambitions of helping their community's health. Anthony, it's been brilliant having you having you on today. I, I know we could probably talk for hours on this because there's just so much opportunity in pharmacy, and that's ultimately. I've, I've been what... accused of that before, Rob. So <laughs> uh, no, it's it's it, it's great, and you know, there's so many positive stories that we can take forward into 2015 and beyond. And um, you know, I look forward to following Covered's journey, and certainly you've got some great things coming up that I look forward to seeing the progress of, and having you back in the not too distant future. I assure you, we'll keep you in the loop. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, Anthony. All right, good on you. Take care. Well, don't you just love technology that simplifies an otherwise very complex and not very well understood and certainly a very frustrating process in dealing with health insurance, which no doubt we do ourselves and no doubt Anthony did in founding the company on that very basis in that it was costing far too much time, too much frustration, and it just needed to get simplified and perhaps the avenue of actually engaging in buying health insurance was actually the wrong way in that it needed to be housed with a trusted advisor within the community. And that's obviously where we come in as pharmacists. My three key learnings, well, my number one is probably the biggest one that we have, which is that we need to recognise that as pharmacists, we play such a critical role in the big healthcare picture for each of our patients. So it's not just simply about supplying medicines and making sure they're taken safely and appropriately and without misadventure, but we're actually looking at what else do our patients require on an everyday basis and what are their biggest problems. And logistically, getting around through the healthcare system is very challenging, 
but particularly from a claims point of view around health insurance, it's probably a big problem on our list of problems that we'd love to solve as well. So in the process of helping ourselves, we'll be able to help our patients by offering that service through a simplified platform in pharmacy, which I think is such a great opportunity. And certainly, I think it allows us to pair our expertise as pharmacists of knowing what medical conditions each of our patients have and also being able to tailor a healthcare policy that doesn't have, as Anthony was talking about, a middle-aged pharmacist uh, being uh, Peter, um, being um, being billed for obstetrics and IVF, which is incredibly uh, a big oversight, and probably a lot of us are probably in that same boat. So if we can avoid that, it's going to be tremendous, not only for ourselves, but for our patients as well. Number two is this type of service of offering health insurance through a simplified platform does enable us to start looking outside of existing revenue models in pharmacy. We need to explore other avenues. We've long been looking at retail as one of our biggest opportunities that we can all do better at. But certainly a revenue model that ties in with the big healthcare picture, I think it has to be a winner as far as our patients are concerned. And it was great to obviously hear that through the focus groups that Anthony and Covered were doing, that it was such a great response for people wanting to buy healthcare policies from pharmacy. And certainly it's, it's, it's a great advantage when, when our customers are in fact wanting that. But what it enables us to do is to start to shift our, perhaps our, our unprofitable services and products away from our core business and really starting to get paid for what we really do well, which is communicating with our patients, offering professional services that they can't get anywhere else and things that are going to simplify their healthcare journey. And that might be medication management. It could be around professional services with diabetes, but it really opens that avenue as Anthony was talking about, that when we do have that healthcare data that we're able to put together and we've got health insurers on site and we can see the fantastic results that our customers are having as a result of this process, then we can start to get paid for health checks as, as Anthony was talking about. And that comes to our, our learning number three, which is that we get to turn customer loyalty programs on their heads. It's fascinating to see that they're looking at creating reward programs around health outcomes and taking positive steps around being compliant with your medicines, keeping your blood pressure in check, that might be dropping a few kilos over summer, something that's going to positively impact our patients' lives and they can be rewarded for that in the same way that they get rewarded in the past for spending lots of money either with us or with the big grocery chains and really tying it back to something that's going to give them a sustainable existence and give them the freedom of good health for as long as possible. So, so many opportunities get opened up when we start looking at this type of model. I'm glad there's a simple platform to do it because I certainly need to use one myself. And I can't wait to see, obviously, how Covered progresses. It's still early days, but I think it's a fantastic aim that Anthony and the guys at Covered have. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Transformation. Don't forget, we've got some great interviews coming up. I've got two very special guests who have literally just jumped off the plane from Las Vegas from the Consumer Electronics Show, which has got some great insights and great things to be looking forward to in 2015 right here in Australia and right here on the Transformation Show. Leave a comment in the show notes. I always look at them and always 
read and respond to each and every one. And my guests, like Anthony today, are generally happy to respond to your questions individually as well. But don't forget, I'd love you to head across to iTunes or to SoundCloud if you like and leave me a review for the show. It's one of the best things you could ever do for me. I appreciate them. It helps with the show's ranking and probably my ego as well. So I'd really appreciate it. And certainly I'd love you to fire through any questions you'd like answered on the show as well. Have a great week, everyone. And I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now.